today on Locked on Ducks Hockey. Not one, but two interviews with Justin Morissette and Taylor Blake Ward. Join us on today's Locked on Ducks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Happy Friday to all the hockey fans out there. This is your daily podcast covering the Anaheim Ducks. I'm your host, Jason J.D. Hernandez. And don't forget, you'll get fresh daily content Monday through Friday about the OC's hockey team. And it is still the bye week, and we finish our special week of shows filled with guests. And today's a great one, because on the first half, we have Justin Morissette. On the second half, we have Taylor Blake Ward. Before we get into those interviews, you can hear this podcast or any of the shows on the Locked On Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. So if you're listening already, be sure to hit that subscribe button. Do it. Do it right now. Hit the subscribe button. I'll wait a second. Yeah, so make sure that subscribe button is hit. That way you won't miss an episode. And you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Ducks or follow me personally at StimpyJD and keep checking the tweets. So here's what we have for today. For the first part of the show, we have our second part of the interview with Justin Morissette. We talked a little bit on Monday and we're going to finish that interview today. And we're going to talk about Erica Branson, among other things, and about up-and-coming Anaheim Ducks. And on the second half, we're going to talk with Taylor Blake Ward for Locked on Angels. So why am I having Locked on Angels guy come? Well, if you guys are sports fans, you know that the Baseball Hall of Fame recently inducted two people. Derek Jeter and some guy, some Canadian, named Larry Walker. So we'll talk a little bit about Larry Walker who could have played NHL hockey? Yeah, that could have been a thing. Larry Walker, goaltender. Hmm. And just to give you a brief update of what is to come, we will have a show this weekend, and it will be recorded live from Toyota Arena, home of the 2020 American Hockey League All-Star Classic. That's right, I'll be covering the AHL All-Star Game, so be on the lookout for that. And we'll also have a couple more shows later next week. We'll have a crossover, hopefully, also from the AHL All-Star Classic, covering all the events happening in Ontario. Without further ado, let's not waste any time. Here is the interview with Justin Morissette, and immediately after that will be the interview with Taylor Blake Ward. So here you go, guys. Enjoy. Only this year did Anaheim get rid of all those aging stars, and they had a complete youth movement where it seems like everyone's going between San Diego, Anaheim, San Diego, Anaheim, pretty much consistently all season long. And every time I go down to San Diego, I say, oh, he was in Anaheim last week. Oh, he was in, wait, what's he doing down here? You know, it's a complete 180 now with a new head coach. Uh, management is taking a different turn. And teams need to do that. And, and, I, and Jake, let me, let me know if I'm off base here, but wouldn't you say, Despite the fact that the team has been losing quite a bit still again this year, the Ducks are objectively a bad team, I think it's fair to say. Wouldn't you say that the energy around the fan base has probably been higher this year despite those results because you have those young guys in the lineup, because you actually have hope for the first time in however many years it's been? You hit it right on the head. Last year, it seemed like there was zero hope, zero chance. You know, Bob Murray kind of ruined a couple of players. And now with this 
coach Dallas Eakins era that's taking place, there's a sense of hope because Eakins did coach a lot of these young guys. I mean, come on. They have a bunch of guys that can't even drink yet. Well, in the United States. Canada, the drinking age is what? 18, 19? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Here in the States, <laughs> the drinking age is 21. So we still have a few guys that cannot drink. That's how young the Ducks have gotten, which is why there's a sense of hope because they're still 2021. 20, Let them develop in the American League as opposed to just putting them on the fires right now. But the sense for the Ducks is they're young. They're going to make mistakes. I've heard this from fans. I've heard this from media. They are young. It's going to be a process. That's going to happen at some point. We don't know when, but at some point it'll happen. And if the Ducks continue with these top 10 picks and draft as well as other teams that had picks, like the Vancouver Canucks, you know, teams that scout well, there is a sense of hope for the Ducks. It is so weird to hear you talk about the Canucks as being like a team in an enviable position because like <laughs> they're in first place. <laughs> How can you not? Like that <laughs> yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Do you feel like the Ducks are getting slept on a little bit? The the players that they have coming up because, you know, uh, it seems a little bit like Florida used to be a bit like this. They'd have these rookies step in and you'd see the team and it'd be like, well, that's a for, that's a first who who's that? I've never heard of these guys. First off, you, you know? can count me as a member of the Jonathan Huberto fan club for the Florida Panthers. I think his game is amazing. But there are some guys that I think people are sleeping on a lot. Uh Ricard Raquel is a veteran, but people sleep on him a lot. And someone like even Troy Terry, people sleep on, and Isaac Lundestrom, who's only twenty years old. There are some kids that have an extremely bright future in Anaheim that most people don't know about because they keep going up and down between Anaheim and the San Diego goals, for example. And there's even that little, I guess, veteran presence in Ryan Getzloff, who has been steady, and Getzloff is embracing the rebuild. And it's weird having a guy like Ryan Miller still between the pipes, still playing at age 39. Uh, Became a fan favorite in Vancouver towards the end of his tenure here. What are your memories of Ryan Miller back in Vancouver? Well, he was, he was loathed originally because it just felt like signing him was an indication that the team was just completely going the wrong way. They signed, you know, Louis Erickson. Similarly, it was just like, this team is bad. Stop putting patchwork free agents on it to plug the holes. Let them leak out. Let the team be as bad as possible. Let's get those, you know, Austin Matthews picks or whatever the top prospect was at the time or what have you. Uh, But towards the end, he had really established himself as a team guy. Uh, You know, he he put his his neck out uh, to try to protect a a small defenseman in Troy Stetcher during a line brawl in a game in Toronto uh, against, you know, one of uh, Toronto's big goons, Marinson, maybe. I can't even remember who it was. Um, But, you know, just the fact that he was willing to do that. And I I think that the city really took a shine to him. Look, everybody loves an underdog. It's the same way Louis Erickson is becoming a a fan favorite right now. (laughs) Unlikely as that might seem in Vancouver right now. We want to see uh, someone redeem themselves. We want to see an upswing at the end of the story. And uh, I think Ryan Miller definitely got that in his final year. He was somebody who was not liked at all. And it had nothing to do with him. And it was entirely the contract and that it seemed like an overpay that the Canucks were bidding against themselves against nobody else, which seems like a common refrain every single summer. We said it about uh, Tyler Myers this past year. But uh, yeah, no, he was 
he was really well liked in this city by the end. And it's always nice to see him pop up again, you know, when the teams play each other now and if he might get the start or if he's just sitting on the bench. It's like, oh, yeah, I like that guy. <laughs> well, they do play each other again. I want to say later next month. Uh, yeah, they play each other in February. They play each other in March. Twice. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah, but, but but back to the idea that the Ducks are slept on. You were saying people don't know who these guys are, and it might be because Anaheim has nobody going to the All-Star game this week. There's Which is any- why I have to have guests on this week, because I can't talk about NHL All-Stars, because there are none. Yeah, well, you might. do you have some AHL All-Stars at the very least? We do. We have a former Philadelphia Flyer who's an AHL All-Star, someone that I talked to last week. You may have heard this name, Anthony Stolarz. Uh, yeah, that sounds familiar. Anthony Stolarz was famous for having the gritty mask last year. That's Hell yeah. That's why. Oh, there's a whole story. I'll share this again. I shared this last week, but when I talked to Anthony Stolarz, uh, he apparently sold his gritty mask to one of his buddies. And one of his close friends is completely gritty everything. He has gritty t-shirts, gritty shoes apparently, gritty pants, like gritty outfit everything. And he just needed the mask to complete the ensemble. So Stoli said, you know what? I'll give it to you for a really cheap price. You can have it. There you go. <laughs> so at least that's awesome. So at least the gritty mask is in good hands. But I thought that was a very funny story. And Anthony Stolarz is one of the, you know, prototypical bounce around between the A and the NHL. He's been up with the Ducks earlier this season. And he went viral for a hot minute just because he had the gritty mask. So there's a good AHL all-star for San Diego. Uh, you know, one guy not making the All-Star game uh, who I'm, I'm curious to, to gauge your opinion on at, at this point in the season uh, is somebody that Canucks fans were very happy to be rid of oh, at boy. the trade deadline last year. And that's Eric Goodbranson. Because I <laughs> felt optimistic that Eric Goodbranson could be uh, a positive uh, player for the Ducks when he first landed there. That's, uh, of course, a natural thing to try and uh, be optimistic in the early stages. Uh, what what stage of grief are you uh, at right now? Are we into bargaining? What, what's going on with your feelings on Eric and Branson? We're into acceptance at this point. <laughs> That's what's going on. I mean, he's a plug. He's a beloved plug of the Anaheim Ducks. That's what he is. You know, he just recently scored his fourth goal of the season, which ties a career high for goals in a season. Four. That should tell you all that needs to be said about Eric Goodbranson. Yeah. No, he's a he's a good guy. He does what he has to do to get the job done. And the only reason he was brought in is because, you know, the Ducks had a lot of injury issues going on early in the season. And so did Pittsburgh, for that matter. You know, Pittsburgh had to dress, you know, 7D, 11 forwards. So they traded for a forward in order to get rid of Eric Goodbranson, which I thought was okay at the time. I mean, he's a younger version of I don't know I can't think of anyone who'd be he does now that you mention it though his skill set does seem like it fits like the Ducks profile pretty well even if he's not very good there's a certain player that I have not mentioned yet that is not playing this season that some Ducks fans are comparing him to I don't know if I would make that assumption I don't know if I would make the comparison but some fans are comparing him somehow to Ryan Kessler (laughs) Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I think is a terrible comparison, personally. 
just to, just in that he makes a lot of money and is uh, and is no good at all. And is a and former Canuck, often injured. Yes. Hey, you know what though? Ryan Kessler, speaking of redemption arcs and underdog stories, that's a guy who left this city on the worst possible terms, and I feel like as he is, you know, not officially retired, but basically done as a player at this point, uh, kind of reflected a lot on the way that his relationship with Vancouver went wrong. And I feel like he's trying to remend that fence, as it were, which should be a mendable fence. Uh, All-time great Canuck. The, the 2011 playoff series against Nashville, one of the most incredible playoff performances you're ever going to see. Uh, he was a spectacular player. His entire prime years, every year that Ryan Kessler was good, basically, save for one and a half in Anaheim, are all in Vancouver. This should be somebody that this city uh, can get behind. But uh, but even well, Anaheim but, fans liked him because Kessler had some memorable goals in the playoff runs in 15, 16, 17. You know, the Ducks were within an eyelash of making the cup final, if not for the Nashville Predators. Oh, right. Yeah. I guess the Preds get the last laugh in that uh Kessler career exchange, though ultimately neither of them won the cup. So who's really laughing in the yeah, end? Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, no, that's uh, you know, I don't know. I just I think of guys like uh, you know Francois Beauchemin, or even going all the way back to like a Sean O'Donnell type. And I like, love Sean O'Donnell. That was my guy. Thing that's like Eric Branson sort of fits that mold, even if he's not as good as those guys. You know what I mean? I mean, he's compared to O'Donnell a little bit. He's compared to. George Peros for his incredible mustache. Yeah, they both have a mustache. I was thinking that. Oh, they both have an incredible mustache. There was two <laughs> weeks there where Good Branson had the most majestic looking mustache, and fans were going wild over that. For That's what the thing is, he he did have fans in Vancouver. They were just all women who thought he was hot. They weren't like fans who thought he played the game amazingly. Or it's anything. funny you say that. I go through my friends list on my personal Twitter, and I do consistently see two females that absolutely love Erica Branson for that reason. <laughs> But hey, let's not kid ourselves. That's why he's still. That's why he gets the opportunity to, you know, get the kind of contract that he has. That's why he's <laughs> gets put on the top pairings in the NHL, despite the fact that nothing in his career has shown he can do that. They all just look at this guy and think, well, he he looks the part. Certainly, I don't know why he couldn't do it, uh, and he just can't. And uh, it is what it is. Well, um, we've been talking for a long time. We have. Yeah, that went much longer than I thought. So where can everyone find you on the socials? Uh, I'm at Justin Morris. That's M-O-R-I-S, one R, one S, on Twitter, uh, on Instagram. Of course, you can find the show at Locked on Canucks if you want to hear me talk about the Canucks. That's the name of the program. I'm sure you're very familiar with the naming conventions of our podcast network because you listen to Locked On Ducks every day. And I'm also one of the hosts of the Locked On NHL podcast, the national show every week as well. So you can find me over there from time to time, too. So uh, that's about it. If you happen to be a fan of professional wrestling, I host a weekly Sunday night radio show on Sportsnet 650 here in Vancouver called Wrestle Central. The show becomes available as a podcast after the fact, and I get some pretty high-end guests from the world of, uh, you know, WWE and Ring of Honor and uh, AEW, all these different companies. So uh, it's it's a legitimate professional operation over there. If you like professional wrestling, I would recommend that you check it out. Wrestle Central on Sportsnet 650. Um, who are some of the biggest guests you've had on that show? Uh, Kevin Owens, oh, uh, Ricochet, Becky Lynch, Trish Stratus. Um, 
who else? A ton of WWE people. I went to SummerSlam and got to interview a ton of people through that. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I'm blanking. I, it's been Dolph Ziggler. It's been a treat just to do these insane interviews with people who have meant so much to me as a fan. I got Jeff Cobb coming up on the show tonight from uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, a, it's a good show. It's, it's, I'm proud of it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for coming on Locked on Ducks. And hopefully you come on again when our two teams face each other later on down the line, when the Ducks are completely out of it and Vancouver will be fighting for a playoff spot at that point of the season because that's in late March. Yeah, my, my pleasure, J.D. I'll be, I'll be back anytime. Thanks for having me. All right, man. you're welcome. Welcome back to Locked On Ducks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You're locked in with Jason J.D. Hernandez and another special guest. Wow, we have special guests left and right all week. This time joining me once again from Locked On Angels, just across from Catella, it is Taylor Blake Ward. Taylor, how are you doing today? Oh, fighting off some weird sickness thing, but outside of that, <laughs> I'm all right. How you doing? I'm doing great. So the reason I'm having you on is just earlier this week, the Baseball Hall of Fame representatives were announced, and of course Derek Jeter got in the Hall of Fame, not Derek Grant, the Elite One C. Just had to get that out there. One, one, one of our <laughs> greatest favorite, hockey player to ever lived, greatest hockey player to ever lived, Derek Grant. But Derek yeah, Jeter is in, and so is Larry yeah. Walker, who's also yeah. a bit of a hockey player. But we'll get into that yeah. in a second. Uh, let's talk about Larry Walker, the baseball player, first. Uh, he's got some amazing stats. In 1988 games, he had a 313 lifetime batting average. His slash line was 313, 400, 4, 565. His career OPS is 965. And there's a couple seasons there. His MVP year, he had a 1.172 OPS, which is just amazing. 49 home runs, 143 runs, 130 runs batted in. Even two after that, two years after that, he did not win the MVP, but he was averaging 379. Uh, he His OPS was 1.168. Uh, talk a little bit about Larry Walker, the baseball player. Yeah, you know, Larry Walker, I've said yeah how many times already. Um, <laughs> they say that it's better to say A instead of um, and I think I'm falling in the um category. Larry Walker, Canadian, obviously. But yeah, Larry Walker was such a special player. You look at him, um, and you brought up some of the analytics, but you know, 28th in war among all outfielders all time, 16th since World War II, 5th in war over the last 50 years among outfielders. Uh, you know, this is a top, you know, you could argue all time he's a top 30 outfielder. You could argue over the last 50 years he's a top 10, and by the analytics, he's a top 5 outfielder. Uh, of the last 50 years, which is outstanding. I think the big thing that you noted is he did it all in under 2,000 games. Um, a big thing about Larry Walker is getting rid of that course field effect of the inflated numbers because we know what Larry Walker did on the road. I mean, I, I don't have it sitting in front of me here. I can pull it up as I'm talking to you. But Larry Walker was just as good on the road as he was at home. Obviously, the home numbers a bit inflated. You know, there's no denying that he obviously had some inflated numbers at course, but on the road as a hitter, he hit 278 with a 370 on base percentage, 495 slugging percentage. So he still had an 865 OPS on the road, which is really remarkable. That's over his career. That's not just talking about what he did in Colorado. This is just a very special player that uh, is finally being honored as a Hall of Famer. And 
rightly so. I mean, the seven gold gloves also speak for themselves as what a tremendous outfielder he was as well. But let's talk about Larry Walker, the hockey player. I know not a lot of people talk about this, but Larry Walker, uh, he had big dreams of being a goaltender. Yeah, there aren't that many. You hear about these multi-sport athletes that uh, end up playing baseball. You hear about a lot of basketball players, a lot of football players, primarily football players that choose baseball over football. But you rarely hear about hockey players that choose baseball over hockey. And, you know, Larry Walker, you know, you, you have to ask around quite a bit to find out how good he was as a hockey player. But it did sound like he had a pretty good chance of at least being, um, you know, maybe getting a chance in juniors. And, uh, yeah, it would have been really exciting to see what his hockey career would have turned out to be. But I think he made the right decision uh, taking the diamond. Yeah, there was a very fascinating interview that took place uh, Thursday morning with Bob Strum, who was the general manager and head coach of the Regina Pats. Uh, The Regina Pats, obviously, of juniors. And he was the GM back in the early 80s. And he scouted Larry Walker. Uh, Larry Walker was a premier goaltender. And he was even on the same team with... Um, another great hockey player who you may have heard of, Cam Neely. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, they he were was par- a really good hockey player, really good hockey player. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about comparisons to Cam Neely, you know what's amazing. But uh, Larry Walker finally settled on goaltending, and apparently Cam and Larry were great friends for a long time. Uh, Larry Walker was highly, highly touted as a goaltender and could have played at Regina. If not for Larry Walker saying, you know what, I want to try baseball. It looks like a lot of fun. There's a story from Bob Strum. I don't know if you've heard this before, where Larry Walker was only in his first year of playing baseball. And he hit a game-winning home run in the eighth inning. And Larry Walker said, you know what, I kind of like this baseball thing. And Bob Strum watched more games of Larry Walker in the outfield. And Strum said, you know what, I think you got to try this baseball thing. I think you should give this a legit shot. To see how you do. I don't know if you've heard that before. I I hadn't heard that. I think it's great. And I'm not going to discredit Bob by any means. But, you know, we're going to hear about Larry Walker as a hockey player. And I think that now he's a Hall of Fame baseball player. You start to elevate the status of him. Um, We saw this with Tom Glavin a little bit when Tom went into the Hall of Fame. But, you know, and nothing against Tom Glavin. He was a, a high draft pick in hockey. He was a good hockey player. But, you know, you start hearing these stories of what ifs, if Larry Walker would have been a goalie, would he have been an NHL All-Star? Would he have been an NHL uh, you know, Hockey Hall of Fame guy? Would Tom Glavin be a Hockey Hall of Fame guy? You know, and I don't think that's really fair to these guys because they put in the work uh, to be Hall of Fame baseball players, not just crediting the fact that they were really good hockey players um, when it comes to Larry Walker you know you hear all kinds of stories about how good of a, a gen, you know, general hockey player is and it just speaks for the athleticism of not only what it takes to be a professional hockey player or even a junior hockey player for that sense but also just to be a professional athlete yeah you know who one scout compared him to and this is back in the 80s one scout compared him to Clint Malarchuk oh yeah 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 yeah, and everyone was saying back in Vancouver that he could have legitimately played very well in juniors and had a shot. He could have had a shot at the NHL had it not been for baseball and having that great success. I mean, obviously the Expos saw his potential and he got signed also in the mid-80s by Les Expos. So great for Larry to play in his home country, I guess, you know? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's the dream, right? But I think what's cool is, uh, you know, paving the path for some Canadian hockey or uh, baseball 
players. You know, you look at uh, Russell jo- Martin, who Joey- played for the Blue Jays for a long time. Joey, Joey Votto. Votto, of course. Yeah, and you've got uh, you've got a handful of uh, Canadian uh, baseball players at this point. You know, just those are the guys that kind of pop off on the top of your mind here. But there was definitely some talented baseball players, and you have to think about. Uh, you know, did Larry Walker have his impact? Was it just Fergie Jenkins or was Larry Walker the guy that kind of built it? And uh, I'm, I'm going through and I'm still thinking about guys that are playing right now um, or playing, you know, for some time. But you've got Russell Martin, who's a great baseball player. You know, you could argue that he's had a, a really outstanding career. James Paxton of the Yankees, you know, uh, Cal Contrill. And that family, you know, well, Cal kind of had his father there, so I can't really give him that. Right. But, you know, Mike Soroka, John Axford, um, Dalton Pompey, Michael Saunders, Brett Lowry, who is another guy who got to play for his hometown team kind of thing. It's pretty cool to see these guys. And, of course, Justin Morneau. Justin Morneau definitely is one of those guys that I think would have been, you know, said, hey, you know, Larry Walker can do this. Why can't I do this? Exactly. So you think about those guys and, you know, what did Larry Walker do for Canada in Canadian baseball? Um, you know, we may never know the real impact of it, but yeah, guys like Fergie Jenkins and Larry Walker, especially Larry Walker, now he's in the Hall of Fame, uh, you know, guys are going to come back and say, you know, hey, and, and we hear about this with Derek Jeter. I think that's what kind of goes ignored is everyone seems to go back and say, oh, yeah, I wanted to play like Jeter. I wanted to be Derek Jeter. I made the throws from the hole. You know, I, I wanted to carry myself like that. How many Canadian kids, you know, from the last 20, 30 years here, I guess 30 years, well, yeah, last yeah, 20, 30, 30 years, years are, saying, yeah, are saying, hey, you know, I wanted to be Larry Walker. I wanted to play like Larry Walker growing up, but we're going to find out more about that as time goes on. But, yeah, his impact is going to be really special for Canadian baseball now that he's a Hall of Famer. Yeah, and I'm, I'm sure it's kind of a loss for hockey as well. But it's always funny to hear that what if, like what if he had played hockey, uh, what would have happened? And I'm sure we'll hear more stories about how good he was as a hockey player, but you think about his impact in Canadian baseball, and I look no further than Russell Martin. Uh, Joey Votto is a very, very popular Canadian player. I think Votto's a Hall of Famer in his own right as well. I yeah, I think I he agree. is. You know, I think it, it's yeah. He's one of those guys that I think this analytical crowd is going to really embrace, um, just because of his on base percentage. You know, we it's been very well documented how well he gets on base. Um, you know, it's whether the home run totals aren't there. It's kind of, you know, but yeah, I think Joey Votto's got a, a strong chance of being a Hall of Fame player. And, you know, I think Russell Martin will appear on the ballot. And pending who's on that ballot, you know, he may receive a, a few votes. And I cannot wait till the preseason game in Montreal this coming season. Um, but the Montreal Expos, or I guess Olympic Stadium, they have their annual preseason games at Olympic Stadium. And every year, there's always a bunch of fans coming out to see who's going to be the special guest of honor. Uh, one year, it was Vlad Guerrero as the guest of honor. Um, he was at the Expos game, I think, last year when his son had that walk-off home run. Um, so we see a bunch of guys coming back. I cannot wait to see the ovation that Larry Walker gets when he returns to his home country and his home stadium in Montreal. I think it's going to be tremendous. Yeah, and Montreal deserves I mean, uh, I know that, you know, this is locked on ducks and the Montreal Canadiens maybe aren't as popular as, uh, you know, other teams that we're talking about. But uh, we've seen what the city of Montreal does when it revolves around that that hockey team. And sadly, it didn't support a baseball team as well as it should have. Uh, Strike had quite a bit to do with that. But at the same time, I would love to see, uh, you know, nothing against my friends out in Tampa Bay, but I sure would love to see the Tampa Bay Rays become the Montreal Rays or Montreal Expos in the near future. Hey, you know what? I've I've been to that 
area. I've been to Montreal for the preseason game. I know how big the crowds can get at Stade Olympique. And even when Russell Martin uh, went to the... Yes, I'm pronouncing it that way because that's how they pronounced it in Montreal. I kid you not. He showed up to Centre Bell to take in a Habs game. And the crowd went absolutely berserk for for Russ Martin. <laughs> uh, Taylor, where can everyone find you on the socials? On the socials? I like that. Uh, you can find me on the socials at Taylor Blake Ward. I only really do Twitter. Uh, don't do Instagram or Facebook or that stuff. So uh, if you want to follow me on Twitter, I'm at Taylor Blake Ward. And obviously, go check out Locked On Angels. Uh, we'd love to have some Ducks fans come over across Catella and join us at Locked On Angels. Uh, same way that you've been on with us uh, over there, Jason. I appreciate that, man. You're very welcome. Uh, I will end by saying thank you once again, Taylor, and thanks for having me on your show all that time. I mean, I took over Locked On Angels for a few episodes there. A lot of fun. Yeah, sure. No, no. Yeah, no, you, you did a great job, man, and you're doing a great job over here with Locked On Anaheim Ducks. Really enjoy listening daily, and uh, yeah, you've done a great job, man. And for those that are listening in, you know, it's great to have uh, Orange County have such a strong following when it comes to the Ducks and the Angels as well. Oh, that's true, eh? Um, you can tell. <laughs> We're going Canadian now. Let's get some poutine on here. Uh, you can download today's podcast or any of the previous episodes on the Lockdown Podcast Network via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or Stitcher. All this talk about poutine's making me hungry, making you hungry too, huh? I'm oh, sorry. You know you're making fun of my you're making fun of my heritage here, man. <laughs> anyway, uh, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow Taylor at Taylor Blake Ward. You can follow me at StimpyJD. Follow the show at LO underscore Ducks. If you want to chat hockey with me. Hit me up on Twitter or email me at LockedOnAnaheimDucks at gmail.com. And stay tuned for future shows because we're going to be covering the American Hockey League All-Star Game taking place in SoCal this year. Taylor, are you going to watch that on NHL Network? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah, absolutely. You might see my ugly mug on there. <laughs> for Locked On Ducks, I'm Jason J.D. Hernandez saying have a great weekend. Uh, Stay locked in because we have a show coming up over the weekend. And hey, Anaheim, ducks fly together.